Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of The Hangout. It's Sid, and if you love music as much as I do, well, this is the perfect podcast for you. Today, we've got a talented local singer-songwriter who um, truly sings from his soul, and like when you listen to his music, it's just like your breath is taken away because it's just so flawless. Um, We chatted back in 2017 for the first time, and it honestly seems like worlds ago, but I'm so excited to have Matthew V back, and welcome to The Hangout. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. You are like, uh, I, I, I just see us in our 90s sitting on a front porch doing some sort of a podcast, like telling kids to get off our lawn. Like we're going to, we're going to always catch up. It's always such a pleasure to uh, chat. I with love you. that. I love that. Oh my God. Thank you for coming and thank you for chatting. Um, I want to talk about your brand new single, Halo. It is so empowering and just the independence. Oh my God. So good. Um, do you want to talk about kind of like I guess start the process of song or songwriting and lyric writing behind that. Absolutely. So Halo kind of started, I think at like the same time that the pandemic started mm-hmm. and I had, uh, you know, just finished up an album and uh, my, my album Two-Face came out and I was kind of wondering where to go from there. I had originally planned to go and travel and I had trips planned to Los Angeles and Toronto and London. I was going to go make all this music. And then it started to look like uh, that would be a while away. And uh, I needed something to keep busy. And I definitely didn't want to wait like a year or two to start new stuff again. So uh, I was listening to music and it may have shown up on like uh, one of those recommended playlists for me. But I heard a song by an artist named Logan Prescott, who I, and I absolutely fell in love with it right away. I was like, oh, this is so good. Uh, and I sent him a message on Instagram and said, hey, I think your stuff is great. If you ever want to work together, let me know. And just throwing a feeler out there, didn't really think anything would come out of it, but just wanted to let him know that I appreciated his music. And I, I think like probably a month later, we were sending voice notes back and forth. And uh, we we made a few songs for this upcoming project just via FaceTime audio and me humming into my phone and sending it to him and then him humming a few lines on it and sending it back to me. And then he produced a track in Houston and Dallas. and sent the track to me here in Vancouver. Then I went to the studio and tracked all the vocals and sent it back to him, which the entire, you know, project that I've worked on has been done that way, which has been great. But also now I'm wondering like, am I never going to travel again now that this exists? Like, we don't think of that. Uh, we don't think of that. We don't think of that. <laughs> We're hopeful. It's just, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a functional process. Uh, and it was a cool way of doing things, but also making music is such like, um, and with the people that I make music with, music with it's such a, a, a bond building experience. Mm-hmm. So it's so strange to have built that bond exclusively over the internet, to have never have met this person that's been such a part of this, uh, this new phase of music for me. Uh, but it's, it, it's been exciting as well to be able to adapt and pivot and to be able to make that work and make something that I've been proud of. Nice. How is it to like kind of adapt? Because I guess obviously everyone would usually be in the studio or everyone would be in the recording room together. But now everyone's just like world apart. How is it adapting? Yeah. It it was it's been it's been strange. The process has moved a lot slower. Mm-hmm. Um, just because if you have five people in a room together, you can get something out by the end of the day and then slowly chip away at it uh, as time moves on. But 
when people are in different time zones in different cities everyone's like maneuvering their own daily schedules and then i'm sending a voice note it's like okay send it wait two hours to get something back oh i'm at the grocery store but i really have this idea so let me hum it to you like in my jacket and then send it back to you um and then get kicked out of the grocery store because it looks so strange like coming into my jacket uh <laughs> but um it's, it's been interesting um i really enjoyed it i'm trying to take a mental note that like i don't want to do it forever because i do really enjoy being able to be in the room and build those connections so i'm hoping in a, in a post-covid world that that becomes reality but i don't i don't really count on anything <laughs> anymore so I'm, I, I have my fingers and toes crossed for that the eye contact that's honestly what i miss just like like actually genuinely having those conversations with people and looking them in the eye because like sure I'm looking you in the eye right now but you have no idea it just looks like I'm looking at you through a screen so, <laughs> that was I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it like I I even, even when I catch with people on FaceTime I'm like do I know how to maintain natural conversation anymore I'm like am I gonna be able to make eye contact without feeling yeah. strange and, and awkward so uh, I guess that's to be determined but uh yeah I, I completely feel you back in 2017 I asked you where or how do you draw a lot of your inspiration? And you said the grocery store. So I'm glad that you are still doing a lot of your voice memos in the grocery store. Um, are you still drawing? <laughs> are you still drawing like a lot of your inspiration from like what you're seeing on the shelves, or do you just get your best ideas while you're in the grocery store? It's all food. It's always food. Food is. The, <laughs> it's always the most inspirational thing for me. No, I think it's that, um, especially in, uh, you know, COVID times. Uh, but also in any time when I sit myself at a piano and I'm like, okay, it's time to write something. The like it, it feels forced. It's never really flowing mm -hmm. as as well as it would be in a situation where I'm not thinking about it. It's the least opportune time possible. Which right now, especially, is like my only outing is to the grocery store. So it's like it's the least like I have my hands are full of whatever like I'm doing in this large hall at Costco or wherever I am. Like I don't have space to grab my phone and do anything. And then I'm like, oh, and there's a chorus in my head. Why does this happen right now? So it's less that like, oh my gosh, like that cheese has made me feel something emotionally. And more, it's just like the the random little sparks of something in your head. Like, you know, when you're about to go to sleep and you're like, why did I just think about my tax return from 2016? It's like, where did that come from? So I think that's kind of how song ideas kind of like pop up to me in the least opportune times right now. But um, uh, I, it's it's very welcomed if anything if I'm if I get to be out of these four walls for for ten minutes. <laughs> I love that. Um, you said you I think you in a previous interview you mentioned that you were working on an EP as well during this pandemic time. What can we expect from that? Is it going to be coming out soon? How far along is it? Yeah, so the EP is finished, um, which I'm really excited about. It's been a, a lot of a lot of sending things back and forth, so I'm happy to have it in in my back pocket. I'm really proud of it. I think that probably throughout my you know my musical journey every project i'll say well it feels like my best project because hopefully that means that i'm improving but it feels it feels at, at least at this stage of my life the most me it's music that i really wanted to make it's music that i really want to listen to and i think I'm, I'm sitting back into uh you know really being a singer songwriter and really i've, I've put in a lot of work uh, you know, on vocals and being able to sing. And that's how I emote and tell stories. And so I've really kind of tried to flex a bit of a vocal muscle on, on this this music. Uh, and uh, I, yeah, I think it's more grown up. It's more adult, but I guess we'll we'll see if if people pick up on that or not, or maybe I'm just getting old. <laughs> but yeah, really I, I, feel, I feel really excited about it. 
you're literally an argument old so don't even worry like don't <laughs> <laughs> thank you i was setting that up i'm like that's exactly what i needed to hear today awesome thank you um so you for those who don't know you do have like an operatic background how do you yeah. think your vocals have kind of changed over the years because now you've kind of gone into like more um pop r&b soul sort of sound yeah. yeah so i think that the 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 base for me with my vocals uh has always been from that training uh often people say like oh you sound like a trained singer and i think that's because i have a thick vibrato and all these different things that you know you can pick up in, in my voice come from that bass training uh, which over time as i've built my own style has almost broken some of that down um but uh yeah I, it's funny when i listen back to old recordings because i think that my voice is just my voice and it stayed consistent but i do hear the differences and the changes i think recently like uh, i've gotten a bit more grit and a bit more growl that i think i'm like leaning into and i'm actually really enjoying hopefully that means that i'm doing a healthy grit and growl and it's not like oh my gosh my voice is tired growl but um uh yeah i'm i'm, I'm enjoying the progression as things change and evolve naturally and um I think the good thing is that I'm just like, I'm singing every day, uh, whether that's in the shower, whether that's here, there, everywhere, and just kind of being able to monitor that that change. Has it been difficult for you to kind of stay and keep that stamina while being in this sort of like pandemic and everything? That's, that's an interesting question. And I think I, I pose that to myself as well, because like last year I went on a 38 show tour and that was like a test of in, you know, however many days, uh, back to back to back to back to back singing in the cold of winter i was like oh this is the olympics of vocal stamina like i'm going to make sure that i can do this and that my voice is healthy and i'm doing it properly but it's been over a year since that and i'm singing every day but i'm not singing at the level of what a tour would be so i think there's been an, an aspect of uh you know vocal health that comes from vocal rest i'm at home by the water dispenser all the time so i'm like staying hydrated all that good staying stuff hydrated. <laughs> love it yeah, and I mean, I, I think that I've been thinking about it too recently, which is that I've been in, I've just done so much recording this year. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd like to think that my voice is staying up and in, in shape. It's just recording and playing live are different things. Um, so hopefully I'm, you know, building stamina for studio vocals at, uh, during this year, since I'm certainly not on any stages right now. <laughs> That's awesome. How has it been? Because you you recently posted a, a studio um, vertical video on your Instagram, being able to kind of get into that live performing aspect again, but then also just not having that like same audience like yeah. that end. So how has it been? Yeah. So I we uh, went and tracked this uh, this this promo video, and it was the first time that I had really played with a live instrumentalist since, you know, shows shut down. And, and we were talking about in the moment, it was so strange to be playing music in the moment, uh, to be singing and, and playing. It, so it, was, it was a weird feeling. It, it definitely gave me a bit of a wake up call that uh, it, it took a lot longer to get into that, uh, to, to get my voice warmed up, to get ready to, to do that. I think that a lot of artists may, uh, you know, hit that potential wall as shows start happening again. Uh, but, uh, it, it felt great. I'm, I, I'd love to do more of it. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that that light at the end of the tunnel is just, you know, inching closer every single day. Totally. We need it. We need it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to rewind to your album that you released last year, Two Face. The portrait, the painting portrait, I want, please talk about it. It's so gorgeous. Awesome. Okay. So this, uh, 
the, the artwork for Two-Faced, originally we had artwork for, for Two-Faced that was a photo and it was all done up. And I received a DM from a wonderful artist uh, in the States. I believe he's from Nebraska, I think. But, um, and his name's Harrison Hebb. And he sent me a message and he said, I'm, you know, an artist. I love your stuff. I feel inspired by your music. And I would love to, you know, paint, uh, you know, album artwork for you at some point in your career. And I saw his stuff and like my jaw dropped. I thought that it was so, so amazing. And I was so honored that someone that was so talented would, you know, appreciate my music. And so I said, you know, I'd, I'd love to. We have artwork already. So, you know, there's there's the issue. But, you know, if you really want to do this, then, you know, I would love to make it work. I'm like, if, if you want to beat the artwork that we have, then I'd love to give you a shot. And I want to make sure that if you're going to put all this time into making this amazing product that we're going to use it. So I'm like, let's just talk concept. Let's talk color scheme. Let's talk what angle of my face I think looks best. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and so we went back and forth and, you know, checked in along the, the, process and then when it was done I was just like oh it's a no-brainer like I think that he did such an awesome awesome job Harrison have uh I was so 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 pleased with his work it was awesome how long did it take for him to create that well when he sent me a draft it was like 15 20 minutes where he just like kind of sketched up this draft and that obviously wasn't the final product but it was like so quick and I was like wow this is someone that like the level of talent is just kind of like next level uh because like I can't even like since high school I've been able to write my name because I don't like write anything on paper. <laughs> so to see someone um, that has such like an eye and and a brain for that level of visual talent was so so impressive. And then I think he chipped away at it over a few weeks that until we got to the final landing place. But it was so special for me because I'm someone that um, you know the. I, I live albums both through how they sound and also through how they look. It's like the most iconic album for me. Uh, I kind of cherish that artwork. That's why I love having the vinyls. So I can like hold it in my hands and see it and like look at all the graphics on the back. Like it's such a, it's such a iconic like marking point for those records and for that music. So I'm so happy that I have that, uh, that, that stamp. Well, you, on, even on your Instagram, you always do the uh, record face-offs, which are always so cool to see kind of like people's responses and everything. What are yeah. your top three records that you own or love listening to? Oh my gosh. See, this is like choosing between my children, which like, I guess I'm going to do now. So not ready for parenthood. <laughs> but, you have to choose three, just only three. <laughs> okay. And this is going to like, people are not going to be happy with this, especially like vinyl aficionados are not going to be happy with my choices here, but I'm imagining I'm like, okay, the whole collection's on fire. Which three am I grabbing? So the first one is going to be <laughs> the Pussycat Dolls um, because I spent an arm and a leg on that on eBay because they sold out. Um, mm. And so I, that was, that was a nice gift, um, which again, like vinyl aficionados are not going to be like cheering me on for my Pussycat Dolls choice on vinyl. Like we're not getting like the nice fuzz when we play that, but um, <laughs> listening to buttons on, <laughs> on, on vinyl. Yeah. But uh, Pussycat Dolls would be one. Oh gosh, what else am I taking with me? Um, probably like a Celine Dion record. I'd have to go through and like really pick, but I think that like Celine Dion is my iconic childhood artist. And then uh, Come On Over by Shania Twain, I think is like the best entire record of all time. So uh, probably those those three uh, would be my my go-tos. Although if, again, if my vinyl collection's on fire, I'd probably just like 
put as many in my arms as I could. <laughs> how, how many vitals do you have now? How many has oh, like accumulated? So we counted it the other day. And I pre-COVID, I only had like four or five records. And I, I didn't collect, I didn't have any of them. Um, and then I had all this time and all the time to like sit on the computer and look at stuff. And uh, my, my partner uh, really in, enjoys music. And once we got like our 10 favorite records, we were like, okay, now we need to find every record that we've ever liked moderately. Uh, so I think we counted the other day and there's like, we have over 150. Uh, wow. So yeah, uh, we are running out of space. So I'm hoping that I like stop liking music some at some point here because we don't have room to start storing all this stuff. But uh, so yeah, it's been a quarantine hobby that um, uh, should probably stop soon. <laughs> For music lovers, it's literally like collection, collecting action figures at this point. 100%. That's the thing. I'm like, oh, I can't not have this record. You know, it's mm -hmm. like I, I love it and I have all the other ones that I like. So how could I be missing this one? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that one's good. Oh, but that one had one good song, but I love that song. So I've brought the ways to convince myself to uh, grab them. I love that. Um, back to kind of the artwork. We have a common love for Disneyland. And at Disneyland, they have the animation um, classes. Please. Yeah, the animation academy. <laughs> one of our favorite spots at Disneyland is that animation class. What was your favorite Disney character or a Pixar character to draw, sketch, learn. I love this. Okay, so I am, I've, I'm full-fledged like a Disney adult now. Like we have, the fact that it's been a year in this pandemic and we felt the fact that like we haven't been in a year because, because when the pandemic started, we were in Disneyland and then we had to get home because they were like, everything's, you know, we, we were there in like February. So when we went on the trip, no one was talking about COVID. And on the way back, like there were airport scans. We were like, "Oh, what's happening?" Uh, and our, I, it was it was wild. So it's probably been about a year. I miss it. The animation academy, like we go to Disneyland and we spend half our time sitting in this class drawing stuff. Yeah. And I'm just very competitive, so like my partner and I would always try to like draw better than each other. I think I remember drawing Edna Mode, um, uh, which was which was really fun. Uh, and then Big Hero 6, I think, was probably the only one that I won when we asked, like, cast members outside, like, who did it better? So that one probably has a special place in my heart. Next time I need to bring, like, bribe money so I can pay people to say that my drawings are better, even though they're definitely not. <laughs> I feel like that could be, like, a full-on vlog series. Like, just going to Disneyland, <laughs> having, like, a competition of who can draw the best or whatever. <laughs> that would be yeah, so I'll do my, my vinyl face-off, but with who drew Edna Mode better. So yes. it'll be <laughs> okay guys we're coming up with concepts content yep that's that's awesome i love yeah, that absolutely. i love how you guys kind of ended or like ended like your last place was in disney before everything kind of went to hell well, yeah it was wild because we were in la i think for five days i had something to do down there and then my partner came down and we went to disneyland and truly like news hadn't broke about the coronavirus outbreak before we left and i remember mid-trip we were like oh look at this weird like flu that's happening overseas yeah. And then when we came back, it was like, it's in Chicago. And we were flying up from a US airport. So everyone was, and I remember, cause we had, we had bought a set of masks and we had them on. I've never like had to wear like a surgical mask or anything like that before in my life. And when we got home, my mom was like, oh, you have that on backwards. So we had the mask inside out the whole time. 
but it's and it's and it, I can laugh about it now. But at that time, it's like no one was talking about masks. No one had ever had to wear a mask, or at least no one that I knew. So it was a uh, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a learning curve. But yeah, I'm happy that we got to end it at the happiest place on earth, which has been closed ever since. And I mean, understandably so. But yes, I'm looking forward to the moment that it opened. Oh man, yeah, I think everyone was kind of shocked to hear that all the Disneylands were actually closed. Because like yeah. I guess they hadn't closed it for I don't know how many years. Well, that's like, the thing. And I mean, Florida, Florida persisted, which is like, I mean, compare Florida to California, but I think Florida might have stayed open the whole time. But I'm also not like necessarily a Disney World person. I've never been to Disney World. I have like the nostalgia of Disneyland being like where I mm. went as a kid, uh, being something that you can do in two days, not like two weeks. So <laughs> no, Disney World is like it's a full-on expedition. Like you have to like trek from park to park and it's just it's it's too exhausting to like tackle in like maybe five days that's that that's what i've heard so i'm like uh i always have two or three days to hop down to disneyland but i'm like i don't know if i have like 10 days to two weeks to go and like chip away at like 900 acres of all all this stuff <laughs> they keep on adding more and more and more and you're like okay wait i didn't even get to this point stop adding stuff <laughs> yeah absolutely oh gosh oh man i also want to talk about your love for peppa pig and meryl streep just because <laughs> those are also just iconic like characters and humans. And I just like, just want to let you know that uh, I stand that you stand them. I mean, name a more iconic duo than Peppa Pig and Meryl Streep. Like we need a Peppa Pig movie where, it's, where Peppa's voiced by Meryl Streep. Like I think like I need to just manifest that out into the universe. But um, no, I'm just like, I think I walk a fine line of like thinking that I'm very classy, but also like partaking in like meme culture so I don't know where those two things mix but it's probably at loving Meryl Streep and Peppa Pig in the in the in, in the same we sentence found, so. we found the line we found the line that yeah, where where two worlds collide I love that um for the hangout we always want to see how artists are impacted by music in different ways how do you think you personally have been impacted by this art form throughout your life Oh, interesting. Like in terms of like doing music or in terms of like how I listen to music and how it like impacts Both. me. Both. Because I guess it impacts you differently if it is through listening and then actually creating it. Absolutely. So I think from creating music, it truly gives me purpose. Um, I acknowledge the fact that, um, you know, lots of people in life aren't, uh, you know, fortunate enough to have something from birth that they just love doing from start to finish. Lots of people have to like go on their path and um, you know, try different things and find really what their calling is. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I, I always knew that this is what I love to do. And I think for me, I, I, every day that I get to wake up and make music, I wake up excited. And um, I realize that that's not the case for everyone. So I don't take that for granted. And for me, like listening to music um, kind of like walks the or it, it walks the path. It sets the, you know, marker for what I want to create like when i hear celine dion sing right i if i hear anyone sing and i hear and it makes me it like punches me in the gut or like it, it makes my heart just like ooh, ooh you know what i mean yeah, like <laughs> floodgates are open it's just yeah you know um whenever i get that feeling it's hard to describe in words i know what the goal is for me to strive towards is to that's what i want to evoke and someone, whether it's one person two people 20 people it doesn't uh it, it, it's all the same from that end but for me that's the benchmark about 
where how how I want to be making music. So listening to music for me is such a healing process, uh, but also a bit of a way to kind of study how I want to make music. And if it's making me feel that way, why? Mm. Do you find it easier when you're songwriting to, or does songwriting help you share your emotions more Absolutely. so than just like talking about it and everything? I mean, I think that there's, there, there's pros and cons to each because I'm definitely someone that like, uh, you know, will talk about any of my issues with, with loved ones and friends. And I think that that's a healthy thing to do. But music and, and writing isn't necessarily as much about the words for me. I've never necessarily taken on songwriting from the poetry standpoint, which mm -hmm. a lot of artists do and a lot of writers do is they, you know, really go into the words. Um, and for me, the words are a way to help carry the way that I sing it. Um, mm -hmm. I could sing the, the phone book and if it's the right vowels and syllables and it's the right constants, like, and it allows me to, and, it, and it's the right melody to carry how I'm feeling. I feel mm -hmm. like I could communicate to you how I'm feeling singing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's just how I'm singing it and the melody that I'm singing it with. I feel like you would get kind of what I'm saying. So for me, the words have always been a way to carry how I'm singing something, which is why, again, I'm happy on this new music that I'm going back to really singing. Because um, I think that that's one of the ways that I, that I communicate through through music, at least strongest. I love that. That's so interesting because I guess your vocals are your transportation in the music. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. What, what do you think was like the earliest memory um, of music for you? Like when did you find that love? I... And people get annoyed with me because I say this in all interviews, but I don't have another answer because I probably from age like zero to five exclusively sang, man, I feel like a woman by Shania yes. Twain. I used to put like a pom-pom on my head as like a wig. And then I like my family played that song out like CD destroyed. Um, it's the only like my home videos are maybe like me blowing out a birthday cake and then eight hours of footage of me singing man i feel like a woman by shania Twain. so i think it's like shaped the way that i like formed melodies and i'm lucky that i'm not like as an adult only knowing one song like i did branch out eventually from that um but uh, i i think that shania twain is an artist that like really emotes through her vocals and especially in those peak years um, and I can hear like Gen Z listening to this being like, who's that? Like, I, this is where I feel my age. I'm like, is Shania Twain an artist? That, like, like I mean, I mean, Sid, tell me, like, did you grow up listening to like Shania Twain or Celine Dion? Like, what were your childhood? Yeah, yeah. Like QMFM radio. That's where I would okay. listen to. Yeah. I would fall asleep <laughs> to listening to like all of these like 80s hits as well as like the modern day hits as well. Yeah, um, there's, yeah there's taste there. It was just a lot more ballady and just a lot more singer-songwriter influence compared to the music that's on the radio today and that's yeah. why I feel like I navigate towards more like these sort of singer-songwriter and like music um influences Absolutely. and stuff so I don't know yeah I did listen to it I I have an older sister as well and my parents love like the old the old hits <laughs> so yeah that's where yeah. I feel like the music is really like powerful in that sort of sense but I mean, that makes sense to me as to like where the bridge to like Sean Mendes Stanhood went because like he has like lots of like classic quality in his voice and his storytelling and like he does in terms of like modern music like he focuses on on like melody and and ballad and like really having that art. So I I, I I'm I'm seeing all the connections being made. This makes sense to me. 
<laughs> well, it's funny because like I guess like I haven't talked a lot about this like publicly or whatever, but it's like um just like Sean's music came at like the perfect time where I needed it. So yeah. it's like that sort of connection. And like sometimes people just see it as if you're just like a fangirl or whatever, and you just like love this person just because they're like gorgeous or something. But it's like yeah. it just so it's just so much more. Like, and that's why I think like talking about music and talking about the sort of impact is so important because you never know why someone loves something because you just see the surface level. And that's the first thing that people jump upon. So. Absolutely. And I think even, and it's easy for people to say that with any of these like heartthrobs or any of these, you know, it, it's, it's easy for people to write them off because it's not necessarily their, uh, you know, stands. <laughs> but I think that I see music and especially albums and artists as like, musical Polaroids of a time in my life. Like every time that I hear Give Your Heart a Break by Demi Lovato, I am back in my wow. childhood bedroom. Like I, it takes me back to great because I listen to that song over and over again. And yeah. it has marked that time in my life. Like when I hear it, I'm not in this space anymore. I am in my bedroom and it takes me there because like I listen to it so much in that space that, that it takes me there or, you know, the song that I listened to when I broke up with my first high school boyfriend, like I listen to it so much that if I hear that song now, those emotions are carried with it. And as you said, like in this time in your life, you needed it. And I think that like it, it, it'll, it'll mark these formative years when you get to hear this music. I think that that's a really beautiful thing that it's like a picture of this time in your life through these records. I love that analogy so much. Cause I feel like there's also so many different ways to interpret music and just like a Polaroid is like such a, point like that's literally how it feels yeah. that's so cool um yeah oh man that's so cool um oh I don't even know where I was going with this anymore but um <laughs> just like just like music as a whole it's just so cool to talk about well you know? I I think that that's the thing and as I've been collecting vinyl and going through all these old records I'm I'm realizing now that it's brought up you know certain records really do hold a place in my life and I'm mm. like it marked this place in my life. It, it captures that time where I'm taken back immediately to where I was when I was listening, where I was in my life emotionally, physically, when I'm listening to this music. And I think I talked about that, or I sang about that in this EP a lot, which is like how spaces, places that I was in these times, whether it was the house that I lived in or the city that I grew up in or the school that I was in, um, you know, those places mark and carry a lot of emotional memories for me. Um, you know, if X, Y, or Z happened in this house or in this school or in this place, or if I went through, you know, coming of age or a bad breakup in this space or in this space, that energy kind of lingers there for me. Um, uh, if I were to go back to my hometown or any of these things, it would evoke a lot of emotions. And I think because these places, just as music does, uh, it marks different, you know, formative moments for me and formative emotions that I think kind of linger there. So I think I dove into that topically as I started making music. Oh, I love that so much. Do you ever listen to songs and I guess like the memories change over time when you revisit these old songs? I think as I, for example, like 1989, mm -hmm. I couldn't really listen to that record a whole lot um, because I lived in London and like uh, when, when that record came out and I listened to it every single day walking around the outer circle of Regent's Park and like anytime I heard it it would take me there immediately and then I think I saw 
you know, some concert footage of her playing it or like I, I'd seen it in a new light or maybe it was recently when she was re-recording everything. I dove into the records and now it's like I'm in a new apartment and I'm hearing it here. And it's making a bit of a new Polaroid now, you know what I mean? Because I'm having formative experiences to this music again, kind of getting to rewrite that story. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's a really cool concept that we're going back and forth on right now, because I think it's something that I've, that I've thought through and kind of played with this year. And um, it's something that at least is, is definitely sticking true uh, to me. And, it, and it's, it's, it's exciting that the music can kind of have that power. That's so cool. I. This is why, this is why I do this podcast at this point, because it's just, it's just so cool. Like, I don't even know how to describe it because every single person you talk to, they see music in a different way or they've connected um, songs and like lyrics and melodies with different things. And like, it's crazy to see that sort of impact because you think that when you listen to this song, that's how everyone else sees the song, but yeah. it's just so different. It's so different. Absolutely. And it, it, it's, um, yeah, and even just from, from a creating music standpoint, like when I'm in rooms with other writers, how we'll hear a chord progression and then our minds will immediately go to different spaces as to how mm. we would you know, build a melody on top of that or what story that would make us want to tell. I think, is there anything else from music that you feel so strongly to talk about? <laughs> that I think we dove into such giant like universal concepts here yeah. um that was that was a really great chat but um but i i mean i always have great chats with you and i know i told you before um you know we jumped onto the podcast but you just like have such a great light and you ask such great and thoughtful questions and i think that anyone that i know in the music industry has you know nothing but good things to say about you so thank you for having me as a part of your wonderful world and for uh, I, I'm, I'm truly honored always to be able to chat with you and to be watching your journey through this. So thank you so much for having me involved. It's, it's such a treat. Well, thank you so much for joining the podcast. That was Matthew V on the hangout.